Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Today, a new series, Travel Trends, Tools, and Tips, getting you up to date on the latest, plus a bad joke, a quote to live by, and a little realization I had on the way home that may help you Live out your best year ever. It's all happening in today's show right now. So buckle up, strap in. Thanks for being here. And welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, what's up? It's Jason here with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms, to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. Bringing back the solo episode this year. That's right. It's just me on the mic today. I haven't done these in a while, and I thought maybe this is the year to bring them back and to try something out. So we're going to do some shorter solo episodes in the coming months. It's going to be a bit of a roundup from some of the best content I share on our free newsletter letter. There you go. My first uh, typo. Can I call it a typo in an audio format? <laughs> my first blunder. Listen, I'm going to do this all in one take. So hang on to your hats. Let's see where this goes. Anyway, over at zerototravel.com slash newsletter. It's free to sign up. I sent out a weekly newsletter there, and I thought, maybe pulse a little bit of that content from there and share it here and some other stuff that I come across. And it's really geared towards trends, tools, tips, like the title says, things that can provide value in your life. And it's going to be a bit of a potpourri of the latest in travel. Some stuff you might use right away. Other tidbits, maybe you'll store away in your knowledge bank for the future, We'll see. Either way, the goal is to provide value. And as you know, most of the content here is evergreen, meaning you can listen and get value even if you're listening to this like months or years down the road. And that's the case with a portion of these episodes as well. But some of the things will be recent developments, current trends, the occasional time-sensitive bit of news, like the first thing I'll share in this episode, which you'll hear in a moment. With all that said, this is an experimental episode, so I'd love your feedback. 
And if you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voicemail. I leave a link in all of the show notes. Of course, you can hit me on email as well, jason at zero to travel.com. Be sure to stick around, by the way, after the main segment here. I'm going to share five, five different things today. And then I'm going to share this epiphany I had on my walk home. And I believe this is going to exponentially improve my year. In fact, it already has today. And this is something you can easily do today for yourself if you want to improve your coming year and kind of just give you something to think about. Perhaps this is something you've already done. Maybe not. Either way, I like to share ideas that have worked for me and that help me and maybe they'll help you. So that's the idea there. And I should mention one last thing along the lines of experimentation. This solo show, bringing back some solo shows is one of the things I want to do. And another thing I want to do this year is a community trip. So if you want to take a trip together, I've set something up over at zerototravel.com slash trip, trying to fill 15 spots for a community trip to Morocco later this year. If you want to join us, you want to be the first to hear about it and get all the details, jump on that wait list, zerototravel.com slash trip. You can sign up over there. Okay. First, this is an article I came across in CNN and it caught my eye because flights are one of the most expensive parts of travel, of course. Maybe even the thing that prohibits travelers from traveling. If you can't afford the flight, it's kind of hard to knock things off your bucket list, right? And I saw this article title. It said, flights haven't been this cheap. Well, actually, the exact title was, airfare hasn't been this cheap since 2009. What? So I thought that was important to share. Uh, here's a quote from the article. It says, the price of plane tickets is at a 15-year low in the United States, at least. Travel expert Katie Nastro tells CNN Business that average airfare is nearly a quarter less than it was pre-pandemic and, in fact, hasn't been this cheap since 2009. Why? Well, the article goes on to say the single biggest factor for why we see cheap flights is competition, says Nastro. So... You know, flight prices are always fluctuating, of course, but there was some pretty core data in here that suggests flights haven't been this cheap since 2009, obviously. So if you have been putting off researching flights for your next trip, perhaps this is the time to book it. And if you want a little companion piece to go along with this first tip, I have an episode fairly recently. I was published... I think a couple months ago, we had a travel expert from Expedia come on to break down their industry report. And one of the conclusions was that travel, booking travel, booking flights on Sundays was the cheapest day to find the cheapest day, the day to find the cheapest flight. See, there you go. I said, I'm doing this all in one take. You're going to get all the blunders. Totally, totally free of charge. Blunders, free of charge. <laughs> anyway, so if you pair those two strategies, looking at this article and thinking flights, if you're in the US, they haven't been this cheap since 09, and you start doing some research on perhaps a Sunday, maybe you'll find your best flight deal ever. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, thought it was worth mentioning here. Okay, number two, something I discussed in the newsletter earlier this month, a couple new visas to look out for. Countries are continuing to try to attract longer-term visitors, people that are going to spend some serious time there. Obviously, those tourism dollars help 
countries and you know what a flip it's been to see how countries are really working to bring more people in as opposed to creating visas to or i guess let's just say rules to to kind of keep people out i mean there's there's some of that of course happening but it just seems like every month there are more and more of these digital nomad visas coming out and a couple new ones I wanted to highlight in South Korea. This was according to an article I read on the Skift and obviously did some research on the government sites and everything like that. But this article kind of broke it down pretty well in a bullet point. The details of this South Korean digital nomad visa, they're looking to attract 20 million visitors. And this visa, they're calling it the new workation digital nomad visa. It lets people stay for up to two years so this is for foreign nationals who work remotely. Remote workers must have an annual income exceeding 66,000 US approximately. And applicants must be 18 years or older, must possess private health insurance with coverage of at least 100 million won. And that ensures the ability to travel back home in case of emergencies. Once granted, digital nomads can also bring along a spouse and children under the age of 18. I will link up to that source and you can do your own research there. But the bottom line is there's another long-term stay visa if you've ever wanted to move to South Korea or just try a completely different new lifestyle somewhere else. These things are popping up all the time. And Canada also has a new nomad visa that allows workers to stay for up to six months. So some things to consider if you're not the type to live the nomad lifestyle move around all the time it is a lot of work really to try to find different places to stay new places to go kind of hopping around on those tourism visas if you're more of the hey let me set up a base and let me just go have an experience type of person these nomad visas are a real option for you there's a great one in greece too it's not new but you could living in in Greece as a digital nomad minimum income requirement 3500 a month and it's a, a visa that processes pretty quickly approximately 10 days this is according to my buddies over at citizen remote so a lot of options I mean I just threw a few out there but don't be shy do your research perhaps this is the year to take your show on the road whether you're currently working remotely or perhaps Maybe you're switching careers, going to a remote work phase, and you could just pick a country and go. What can I say? <laughs> could be a really cool experience. Okay. Number three, solo travel. This is an episode I just recorded on solo travel. I want to do a bit more on solo travel, including a solo episode sharing a bit more of my experience. If you'd be interested in that, let me know. I'm planning on that. I did a big brainstorm for these solo episodes recently, and that one came out. And it's funny because I also simultaneously got an email from one of the PR folks that represents Google Maps. And in the email, she said, with hashtag solo travel and solo travel content earning more than 50 million views across social media in the past seven days. She sent me this last week, so this is very topical. She said also that Google searches for solo vacation packages is up 200% in the last 90 days. It's clear many travelers, especially Gen Z and millennials, are ready to catch flights and see sites on their own this year. And she listed a few different or a list of different Google map hacks 
that you can use. I'll share one quickly. There was the immersive view. This can, quote, get you, you know, basically get ahead of the trip and kind of do a little bit of research. And if you're worried about safety as a solo traveler, you can, quote, explore an unfamiliar area by familiarizing yourself with places and landmarks you plan to visit with Google Maps immersive view, for example. And yeah, I mean, I thought it was pretty creative. I mean, that is something I don't think I've done before. I've used Google Maps to certainly scout out a place to make sure I knew what I was looking at when I got there, but not too often. Usually I like to wing it, but yes, this could be a great resource for kind of just checking things out and making sure you kind of get the lay of the land before you arrive. All that aside, the Google searches for solo travel and the trending hashtag for solo travel and all that really just shows that this is something that people are interested in doing. It's something that you've heard a lot on the show about. If you are somebody listening who has never tried it, who has been wanting to try it, try it, do it. Take a small solo trip. You will not regret it. I mean, I think the number one thing it did for me in my life was just to open up the world. Once I took that first solo trip and I realized, hey, wow, this is amazing. I don't have to wait for anybody else to make travel plans with. I mean, I can literally just kind of not only just go, I mean, that's obvious, but also have these incredible life-changing experiences all on my own. Everything opens up, right? You just have that confidence. Everything opens up. Solo travel's been one of the best gifts I've ever given myself. And I would highly encourage anybody to try it, no matter how uncomfortable it feels, how strange it might feel at first. There, as you can hear, is plenty of content. So if you need some inspiration, go out on social media and just start following some people and listening to what they have to say if you need that reinforcement to kind of give you the the boost. But I highly encourage you to try it out if you've never done it before. If you haven't done it in a while, hey, always worth doing again. We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan 
Pathfinder. With seven drive modes, the Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why We're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, number four, this is a bit of a tip and not something you think about often. And as a spontaneous traveler, you don't always like to plan ahead. At least I don't. There's a fine line between planning and leaving things open for spontaneity. And I'm actually towing this line right now as I'm planning a trip for me and my family to visit Rome uh, in the coming month in February. And, you know, with with the family, with the kids, I do want to have some stuff on the books, but I also don't want it to be too much. I don't want to run everybody ragged. I could certainly do that. I mean, I definitely am able to fill an itinerary and, and plan it out, but I like to leave open holes. But there are certain things that are just must-sees that you want to lock in. And I just encourage you, if you know you're going to be traveling to a city or a place in the coming months, even if it seems like it's way off, Lock some stuff in. I mean, I just went online yesterday to casually grab some tickets to the Vatican Museum because our trips and, you know, it's 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 some weeks away. So it's not anything I was really worried about. In fact, I was thinking about just grabbing tickets when I arrived, but I thought, oh, you know, sometimes you get a discount. Sometimes you can get some tickets early. Well, guess what? Sold out. They were sold out of regular admission tickets, so I had to go to a ticket broker and pay more money just to get tickets to the museum. And it's February. It's not even peak travel season. And that just reminded me of the fact that, hey, when you know you're going somewhere, you know you're doing something, it is worth that bit of extra effort to lock in your few must-sees and then to plan a trip around that. And one other thing that I thought was worth mentioning. This past summer, I traveled to Sweden, and it was a bit chaotic. I was with my mom and my uh, two kids. And so we we took a road trip there. And when we got there, the city was just, it was wild. And I got to the hotel pool with my kids, and it was like 10 in the morning. And there was a group of, I don't know where they were from. Some, uh, maybe Russian, maybe somewhere in Eastern Europe. I don't know. But they were in there, it was like 10 of them, 10 in the morning, and just fully drinking beers and partying and hanging out. Why? Because Bruce Springsteen was in town the same weekend we were there, which is why our hotel was not cheap, which is why I'm sharing this tip, which is a twofold hack. I don't know if you've ever been on the website songkick.com, but it's a really great website. Make it really easy to filter for live music that might be uh, in an area and you can filter by month you know by date you can see by genre rock whatever or you could just see everybody that's coming to town and i i can use this and you can use this in two ways number one is 
if you know you're going to a city some months down the road, you know, you can see if any big artists like a uh, Bruce Springsteen or a Taylor Swift, one of those artists that if they come, like they're basically taking over the city and all the hotel prices are going to skyrocket. And you can get a little bit ahead of the curve by just making sure there's no craziness going on, maybe booking your hotel in advance before the prices jump. Just kind of being aware of that stuff. Or if you're thinking about booking a trip, you know, it might be something to look at. If you have flexibility and you're like, oh, you know, we could go to uh, Chicago this weekend. It's like, oh, no, Taylor Swift's there that weekend. Like, it's going to be insane. Let's avoid it. So you can use it that way. And also you can use it to find some awesome music. I love to see some of my favorite artists in other locations and have been fortunate to do that. So you could go on and if you know you're going to be in a place, you can just filter um, for that place, that location and see which artists are going to be there and grab tickets to the show and make that one of your travel experiences. So something to think about. Lastly, this falls again under the trends category. I saw this in the local Norwegian newspaper, actually, the Often Post. And you might hear me fiddling around with it here in the background. Uh, I got this paper last week. And the teaser at the top, I'll translate the Norwegian, but it was basically, it says, a new alcohol trend. I thought my life was over when I um, quit drinking now I'm focused on experiences, and this uh, goes on, uh, you open it up, and there's a whole two-page article on this uh, trend they're calling sober travel, and they share four tips here in Norwegian. There was even an American featured in here. I know this guy's on Instagram, at sober underscore traveler, I believe, this guy Adam Berg, and a couple other people featured in the article, and apparently... This is a trend. Who knew? Now, just uh, to give you an update, and those that are on my email list and have been for a while getting the, the newsletter know, I, yeah, I quit drinking nine months ago. I decided to give it up for at least a year and just you know, rock on with that experience and, and see how it is. And I feel great. Everything's good. I'm going to share a ton around that. If you want me to do an episode around that later, certainly happy to. If you send me a message, let me know. If I hear from enough people, happy to dive deeper on that. Did do a deep dive on it on the newsletter. But all that aside, yeah, it's different. Now, this is going to be, I've had some tests for sure. I've been out, you know, having to meet friends out at bars and different things. And now I'm a, a bit more used to it. But, you know, going to Italy next month, not drinking wine. That's going to be a first for me. <laughs> That's okay. I've had the Italian wine drinking experience, so it's it, um, it's all good. It will definitely be a first, but I'm committed to at least a year. So I I, I feel like that was an, an important commitment to make for myself, and I'm, I'm going to follow through with it, Italy or no Italy. Anyway, since this was in the newspaper as a trend, and uh, this has been popping up as a trend recently, and they share these four tips, I translated them, and I'm going to share them with you here right now. If this is piquing your curiosity, if you're sober curious, perhaps you're uh, already a non-drinker, or you're a drinker looking for a different type of travel experience, here are these four tips. Number one, they said plan your trip carefully, and I thought this was a really strong tip. I, I call it a power trip. Decide beforehand if you will drink or not. I thought that was really smart because 
if you're a drinker and you figure out you're just going to figure it out when you get there, it's probably not going to work out so well. But if you decide beforehand and you're committed to it and you plan accordingly, that means it's going to change how you make your plans, basically, which leads to a couple of the other tips later on that I'll share in a minute. But deciding beforehand, it's a pretty, pretty good tip, I'd say. Number two, nah, this was kind of a weak tip, but I'll share it anyway. Plan accommodations that support your choice. I mean, whatever. I guess you could avoid a hotel that has a bar if you need to, but I don't know. I don't don't think that tip's very useful, but, you know, that helps you. There you go. Number three. This one's a good one. If you're going to travel, travel with like-minded people. To me, that doesn't mean you have to travel also with non-drinkers. It doesn't bother me to go out. Like, I went out this weekend with a buddy of mine and his girlfriend, and you know, they had pizza and wine and beers and I just had a couple non-alcoholic beers. Didn't bother them. Doesn't bother me. It's all good. So it obviously depends on your personality. To me, traveling with like-minded people doesn't necessarily mean they have to be non-drinkers. It just means that they're not going to sweat me if I'm not drinking or they just don't really care. Like we're there to hang out, whether I drink or not, it's all good. And that to me is more important than you know, oh, I'd have to travel with somebody that doesn't drink. Like, I don't care about that. It doesn't bother me to be around it. I want to hang out. I want to have my non-alcs and and be a part of the party. I can still have fun and have a good time. I think that's the point. And that's the whole, one of the big things I've learned from this experience is just that it's about the time with the people. It's not about like the beers with your friends. It's about being with your friends and then, you know, the beers or whatever can be extra. And whether it's beer or non-alcoholic beer or whatever, to me, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go out and have a good time. I want to connect. I want to connect with the culture, connect with people. And that's just my attitude towards it. So I think if you're going to travel, you're going to try this sober travel thing. Yeah. Traveling with somebody who is not going to be like, come on, come on. You got to, we can't be here. You can't, you got to have, be, you know, is going to press you and make it a big thing. If they're just going to go out with you and have a good time regardless, then that's all good. Okay. And the last tip, this is pretty obvious, but it's still a good one. I think this ties in with the first one. Participate in activities where alcohol is not the main focus. So AKA, you might want to avoid the booze cruises, <laughs> right? Like that is the main focus. I've been on a booze cruise when I was 18 on spring break in, in uh, Cancun. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was an experience. Anyway, I mean, you're just asking for it if you go on a booze cruise, right? To me, again, that doesn't necessarily mean you're that limited in activities, but you're probably not going to book like a wine tasting or something like that. It, you know, it might be not, not be that much fun. If you're with somebody and you're traveling with them and they drink, let, let them do that on their own. You do something on your own that day. So there you go. If the, any of that's helpful, there are those tips from the article in the Afton Post. And okay, I'm going to tie this up with a little epiphany I had on my walk home today. And I thought this would be helpful for you. It, it's, it's helped me a lot. I hadn't thought about it too much this year, but usually I pick a word for the year that I try to remember and sort of live by in a way. And it's an easy hook because it's just one word. And whenever you have a question or you feel stuck, you can always go back to your word for the year. You don't have to have that word for the whole year. You could revisit it in a couple months or test the word out and see how it goes. I think that takes a lot more pressure off what you decide the word to be. And the word's basically your theme for the year, right? I hadn't thought about this much at all. Something, again, I've done in the past, but haven't done it this year. 
But I was walking home today and all of a sudden my word for the year popped into my head and I was like, that's it. That's it. The word is enjoy. If I want to do a little parentheses around that, I would say enjoy with the tagline guilt-free as in guilt-free enjoyment. And when I was thinking about this and writing about it this morning, what I was realizing is sometimes I'm rushing through the most human of activities I do in the day to get in front of the screen and, quote, be productive. And that doesn't feel good. Like, it's sort of lingering, the to-do list and the things, the responsibilities and all that when I'm like doing yoga in the morning, let's say, or working out or cooking a meal. It's like you're thinking about the things you got to do. And it's like, well, hold on, wait a minute. Why don't I just enjoy this like enjoy the process of cooking the meal and eating the breakfast and enjoy the workout don't don't worry about all of the things that you need to do later and the, even the screen work like today I mean you can say I'm, I'm recording this um in front of the screen right now but this feels like a place to practice enjoyment too I'm enjoying this uh, and it feels enjoyable when I do something like this, when I create something of value, like today's podcast I'm making with you, when I maybe plant some seeds for my business, when I just do different activities that I, I know it because at the end of the day, when I close the laptop, I have a good feeling and perhaps you can relate to this. It's just like, you know, maybe you can't measure exactly everything you did, but you just have a good feeling like, yeah, I was, I was productive in a way that, that felt good. Like I, I feel good with myself. I feel good. Like I provided some value to some people today or in my own life. And other times you close it and you're like, you feel gross. <laughs> and maybe you checked social media too much or you just, you got distracted or you just didn't get done the one thing you needed to do that you know was important which is, you know, a fine line coming back to this feeling of being productive. But I was thinking about this, and if I started every day with zero points, if the, I was going to gamify this, and I'm not doing, I'm not going to, like, apply a, a point value to everything I do, but just generally speaking, I would lose points for things like doom scrolling and over-consuming news, basically those things that don't make me feel good after doing them, like getting totally sidetracked on social media for 20 minutes and being like, all right, where was I? You know, that was so stupid. Why did I do that? And I would gain points for things that make me feel good. And so why not just do more of the things that make me feel good and not only do them and not like a self-care checklist, but enjoy them and enjoy the screen time too. Just do the right things and I enjoy it and just do the right things off the screens and enjoy those when you're doing them and try not to live in the future. So that is my word for at least, I'd say that at least the first half of the year, I'm going to go back to that. If I find myself stuck, I'm going to be like, enjoy, let's just enjoy. We're on this ride called life. It's freaking crazy. Let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy where we're at. Let's enjoy the people we're with right now. Let's treasure them. Let's hold on to them. Let's enjoy the things we have in our lives. Okay. I'll stop with it. I'm not trying to get all motivational here, but just, you know, this is what happens in these solo episodes. <laughs> I got to rant a little bit. So anyway, the call to action here is you can find your word for the year today or the half year or the word you're going to test out for a month. And 
that takes a lot of pressure off of it, right? Don't feel like compelled to come up with the word for the year and it can never change. Just try one to, to test out and pick it today and just see how it affects the rest of your day. Use it as an anchor to go back to when you, when you need it. And it's so easy to remember because it's just one word. So it's really easy. You can even attach a visual to it. Maybe uh, in my head right now, I'm thinking of myself in like a, a, a loungy beach chair. My, my arms kick back around my head and just enjoying, enjoying. Okay, <laughs> there you go. I'm going to wrap this up with two things, a bad joke and a quote. First, the bad joke. Why doesn't anyone play poker in the jungle? Too many cheetahs. Too many cheetahs. Thank you. I'll be here all night. <laughs> okay. And this quote from my Wisdom of the East calendar, which, I mean, th- this thing's like 10 bucks. It's the gift that keeps on giving if you're looking for a little flip calendar thing. I get this every year. My mom sends it to me. I love it. Anyway, this one is from Ming Dao Deng, who said, quote, Every day passes whether you participate or not. And I'll leave it with that so we can all go start participating in our day. Thanks. This was fun. My first solo episode here on the feed in a while. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any feedback, questions, advice, things for future solo episodes, I'm going to keep doing these. I'm going to commit to keeping the solo episode alive this year. Uh, If you got any topics you want me to cover, questions, we can do listener questions episodes, anything. Let me know. You can get in touch. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next time. Peace and love to you and yours. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality. 